The Green Bay Packers travel to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles on Monday Night Football. So what's going to happen? We'll ask Robert Trader of the Packers Barroom Podcast. It's all coming up on Railbird Central next. Cheesehead TV. I'm your host, Brian Caribou. We're talking some Packers football this morning. We're getting ready for a game on Monday Night Football. The Packers travel to the Philadelphia Eagles. We're going to talk about that game with a guest. We have him joining us on the line this morning. He is Robert Trader of the Packers Barroom Podcast. Part of the NFC North Barroom Radio Network. You can find it at nfcnbarroom.com. Robert, how you doing this morning? I'm doing great, Brian. Thanks for having me on your show. Thanks. Thank you for joining us. Uh, glad I could kind of repay the favor. I joined you on your podcast a few weeks, weeks ago. Anyway, uh, we got a lot to get to this morning. And we'll start with some of the injury situations on the defensive side of the football Robert, Jake Ryan is questionable for Monday night's game. How much do they need him with Blake Martinez being ruled out for this one? Well, I think Jake Ryan is needed badly for this defense. I think I don't think anyone who watched the last game in Washington, Washington can say that we have any faith in Carl Bradford to step there and play well. He did not look good at all, being quite frank. And we look at Jake Ryan, he is the leading tackler for this Packers football team, and I think he is the best uh, tackler in the running game, um, especially going up against a guy like Darren Sproles, who's a shifty running back. They're going to need his ability to uh, get after him once he gets to the second level. And I think that he's been a great uh, addition for this team all season long as as a run defender. We saw him make great strides in that regard at the end of last year, and he really carried it into this year before he was injured. And he's been a big reason for that leading run defense this year, which was um, a big key to the Packers' early success on defense. So they are going to need him, and I think they are going to need him badly. Now, I will say that Ryan Matthews for the Eagles is not playing with a knee injury, so maybe that helps in some regard. But I still think that they need Jake Ryan back there to help stop the run. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, They need somebody because if both Martinez and Ryan were out, that would spell doom for a Packers defense that would have to rely on uh, Joe Thomas and and Carl Bradford and maybe even Clay Matthews moving back. That's not a good situation for the Packers, so I think they need Jake Ryan. But similar question here in the secondary, and Demarius Randall in particular, who's also questionable for this game. Robert, how much do they need Randall now uh, that Dimitri Goodson is also out for this game. 
Well, I think they need Randall a lot. Once again, you know, this is a secondary that has been absolutely gashed and torched over the past few weeks. Now, they are going up against an uh, offense in the Philadelphia Eagles who's led by Carson Wentz, a rookie who's not as talented of a downfield thrower. So that might help alleviate some troubles. But still, they have a talented receiving core. They have Jordan Matthews on the outside and Doriel Green-Beckham. Both those guys are big, physical, 6'3", and 6'5", respectively. They're going to need cornerbacks to match up against those guys. So Randall, I think, once again, is badly needed for this defense. And basically what ha- what allows that allows Capers to possibly do some different things. He can match up man-to-man. We saw last week when he didn't have all of his horses that he was playing a lot of zone. Now he can match up man-to-man. Maybe he can unleash some of those pass rushers like Clay Matthews and Julius Peppers, Nick Perry to get after the quarterback, knowing that he's got a competent uh, man-cover guy back there. We'll see. We'll see how it all schemes out. But what uh, this also allows the Green Bay Packers to do is it allows Quentin Rollins to go into the slot. Maybe it allows Ladarius Gunter to go on the opposite side of Randall and take uh, the less talented number two guy. It allows, allows Micah Hyde to come in in dime situations where I think he is a better cornerback in, in dime situations because he's taking less talented wide receivers, obviously. And then it allows Morgan Burnett to go and do what he actually is, which is play safety for this team. He's been playing a lot of slot corner, and quite simply, he's not a slot corner. And that allows him to go back and lay next to HaHa Clinton Dix. And uh, all of that, is, it would be a huge addition for the Packers if they are allowed to go back to their normal their normal scheme and not scramble because they don't have the horses. So once again, just like Jake Ryan, Marius Randall would be a huge addition to this defense. Now, we have to take into account that he might not be 100%, but if he's anywhere close to 100%, if he's 85%, 90%, I don't think any Packers fans can say, we'll take that over what we've been getting the last couple of weeks. <laughs> That's an interesting way to look at it. Uh, they need depth there at the cornerback position at the very least. Um, Robert, word is the Packers were going to activate McIntyre Dorleant, uh, the rookie cornerback. Um, but do you think they might need to promote an extra offensive lineman instead with both TJ Lang and JC Treader out for this game? Man, that's a great question, Brian. And it's, you know, I think they might have to promote another offensive lineman because right now all you have um, on the bench is uh, Kyle Murphy because Don Barclay is battling his own shoulder injury. So in addition to having Lang and Treader out, you might have potentially Don Barclay out as well. And if Don Barclay is in street clothes, now I'm not a huge Don Barclay fan, by the way. I don't think many Packers fans are. Um, But he is another body so if he can't play in this game, then you have Jason Spriggs coming in and playing right guard, which he's a tackle, so it's not his natural position. So, And then Kyle Murphy is the only offensive line potentially left on the bench. So I could see a scenario where they bring up um, Lucas Patrick or Jacob Flores. Both those guys are on the practice squad. They're undrafted rookies. I could definitely see that situation arising but it's all going to depend on if Don Barclay suits up tonight. If Don Barclay is good enough to suit up tonight, I think uh, Dorleant is, is in there in the secondary, and they will ride with the offensive linemen they have. Yeah, interesting situation. Barclay is officially questionable for this game. We'll see if he plays or not later on tonight. Um, Robert, by saying they'd activate Dorleant, 
The Packers last week ruled out basically a return by either cornerback Sam Shields or running back Eddie Lacy. Did that kind of take you by surprise saying these guys are not going to come back from injured reserve? In the case of Sam Shields, it did not take me by surprise, Brian, because knowing everything that we know about concussions in this day and age in the NFL and CTE disease and this uh, brain injuries, we, we can't really take the chance with Sam Shields, this being his second concussion in what was it, the last year and like the fourth or fifth concussion of his career. And quite frankly, I think Sam Shields should probably call it quits. I, as much as we love watching him on the football field play great football for our Green Bay Packers, um, he's got to think about his life. This is a man who's got a family, and he, you know, there are things beyond football. So I actually am not surprised at all about Sam Shields. And I actually would be surprised if Sam Shields comes back. Now, in the case of Eddie Lacy, I was a little bit more surprised. But once again, we didn't really know that. I feel like we didn't really know the severity of that ankle, uh, besides the fact that he had surgery on it. So the fact that he's not coming back doesn't surprise me terribly. It does a little bit. But maybe with Kristen Michael, they can alleviate and not having Eddie Lacy, if they can get Kristen Michael into the mix and he can be productive so, um, but really they need the bodies in the secondary, which is why Dorliant was brought in. And I think that the Packers are high on Dorliant because if we remember going back to training camp, he actually made the 53-man roster coming out of camp. So the Packers' um, brain trust is pretty high on him. So to see him activated wasn't really that surprising to me. Uh, you alluded to it uh, with Christine Michael. Robert, what, what do you expect to see from Christine Michael's expected debut uh this evening in in philadelphia i'm i'm making an assumption here he was you know inactive last week but uh i'm guessing he's going to be active tonight yeah he is going to be active tonight and as far as what we can expect from him you know he's he's been in green bay less than two weeks still and that i mean there's just so much to expect on a guy uh, who's been in for such a short period of time, especially at the running back position, is more complicated than a lot of people think. It's not just running football. He's got to know the blitz, blitz pickups. He's got to know the audibles. He's got to know all this minutia of an offense. So what I expect to see from Christian Michael today is um, he's probably going to get four to four to six, seven maybe scripted plays where he'll be in there and he'll he'll uh, run the football. But outside of that, I think the Packers, when they're running game, are going to roll with Ty Montgomery and James Starks. I just don't see uh, Michael being that up to speed yet. Of course, we remember when Niall Davis came in, he, it was hard to get him up to speed. I do think Christian Michael will stay for the rest of the season and eventually will get up to speed, or at least it's my hope. But um, I don't think I don't think it's this week. Maybe it's next week or the week after. But uh, less than two weeks to be totally acclimated to an offense. Um, it's just not that much time. So once again, probably, you know, somewhere in the area of four, five, six scripted plays for Kristen Michael, um, handoffs uh, of that nature, down, downhill, a simple read runs. That would be my guess for him tonight. We're talking to Robert Trader of the Packers Barroom Podcast, part of the NFC North Barroom Radio Network. Uh, he's on Twitter. His handle is at Robert Trader WI. Uh, for Wisconsin, uh, but Robert, um, the, the do do the Packers need to run the table in order to make the playoffs? And and what do you think are the odds that they do that? 
Well, I think that um, they don't have to run the table to make the playoffs, but I do think in these next six games they can't go anything less than 5-1, and one, and they have to win all three remaining divisional games. Now, if we look at the schedule, obviously they have the Eagles tonight. They have, then they have the Texans, which are a winning football team, albeit that game is at home. Then they have the Seahawks at home, and we know that's going to be a tough game. Seahawks, obviously, a good team. Then they have uh, their three... Um, there are three divisional games against Chicago, Minnesota, and Detroit to end out the season. And if they can win all three of those games and then go two and one in these next three games that aren't in the division, I still think they have a good chance to win the division because they'll have all the tiebreakers that'll give them a five and one division record. That means they will have beaten the Lions twice. They will have a better division record in Minnesota, so they'll have the tiebreaker there. And obviously, the Bears still suck. So I think that they can. <laughs> I think that they can get into. Um, they can get into the playoffs by virtue of winning the division at nine and seven, which means they would go five and one. I can't see them even going four and two though. There's very small uh, room for error. They have to go five and one. Six and zero oh would get it done as well, and that's probably a better bet. Uh, last time I checked on 538, I think as we talk here this morning, the Packers are six six uh, percent chance 530 ha- 538 has them to make the playoffs. So it's definitely going to be a tough test. It's not impossible. I wouldn't bet on it, but they have a chance. It's one of those situations. So you're saying there's a chance? I definitely <laughs> think there is. Uh, going off script here for a second, this kind of made me think about it. Your response here. Uh, is tonight, though, a must-win situation against a conference opponent? Because if the Packers lose, they're now on a four-game losing streak. Yeah, tonight is a must-win, no doubt about it. You have to win tonight against the Philadelphia Eagles in prime time just to get the confidence of your football team back up. I think if they can win tonight and they can win tonight by a score or two, that would be huge for this team's spirits. We heard Aaron Rodgers come out earlier in the week, earlier last week, and say, yeah, I think we can run the run the table. And he sounded very confident, and Mike McCarthy echoed those statements. But um, in order for those statements to have any weight and for these for this team to have belief in those statements, it, it's got to start tonight. they got to win tonight. And if then they can win tonight, maybe they can get on a little bit of roll and this team believes again all of a sudden. So, yes, I think that tonight is very much a must-win once again on the national stage. Okay, so what what is the key to the Packers winning tonight in Philadelphia? Well, I think there's a couple of keys, and, and it starts obviously with the turnover battle. That goes without saying. Um, after that, the Packers, it's a really interesting matchup because the Packers are actually, on offense, they're one of the better third-down conversion teams in the league, I believe. They're ranked fourth right now. And on the opposite side of the football, the Philadelphia defense is number three in the NFL in stopping third downs. So that's going to be a matchup to watch tonight. What do the Packers do when they're facing third down situations? Um, if the Packers win that matchup tonight, they very well could win the game because that is going to lead to sustaining drives and winning the time of possession, which I also think are keys for the Packers offense. And then when we look at the Philadelphia uh, defense, um, I, I, I think or sorry, the Packers defense uh, matching up against the Philly offense we just have to hope and pray, like we talked at the top of the show, that uh, Jake Ryan and Demarius Randall are back, and not only back, but playing well. Once again, Carson Wentz isn't much of a downfield thrower, but still, you have to keep uh, the ball in front of you, play maybe bend, but don't break. 
And I think that the Packers, in order to win this game, they need Clay Matthews to show up and they need to generate some kind of pass rush. That's kind of been one of the things that's been lacking. Of course, obviously, the cornerback play has been lacking, but really the edge rushers haven't really been around to be anywhere to be seen these last few games as well. So um, somebody that rushed Carson Wentz, maybe he makes a rookie mistake then, throws a couple of picks. Um, I think that those are all keys to the game tonight. Okay, now that you gave your keys, what's your prediction? What is going to happen on the field in Philadelphia? Well, Brian, I think tonight is the night where the Packers uh, stop the skid. I think the Packers will win this game. Uh, We saw the confidence coming from Aaron Rodgers. I think that he knows that that offense is close to humming and close to working at its top level. And I can see the Packers moving the ball and sustaining drives, scoring somewhere in the area of 27 points. And on defense, let's just be optimists and say Randall and Ryan come back. And that's scenario, I think, that they can hold the Eagles down just enough that they get a win. Let's say the Packers win it 27-23. to That'll be my official pick for the game tonight. Sounds good. I like the optimism. Um, Robert, uh, your next podcast, what, what can our listeners expect out of that? Well, our podcast, we do something kind of original. We, we go around to bar rooms uh, all across the state of Wisconsin. We meet with guests. We talk Packers. We had you on, of course. Um, you and I did a remote podcast, which we sometimes do as well. But mostly we go around and do live podcasts in bars in taverns, talking to fans and writers and, and that sort of thing. And we've also had Corey Jenner, John of Cheesehead TV, who's a writer for you guys. And we've had him on a couple of times and it was great to talk football with him. So that is kind of the atmosphere and the flavor of our show. It isn't so much a serious podcast sports talk show as it is just kind of a conversation over beers and talking about the Green Bay Packers. It's kind of in the spirit of Wisconsin type of show and you can catch that on uh, PackersBarroom.com. Sounds good. Robert, thank you so much for taking a few minutes to talk to us this morning. Uh, enjoy the game tonight, and uh, we'd be happy to have you on again sometime. Sounds great, Brian. Thanks so much. Go Pack Go! All right, take care. Go Pack Go! That is Robert Trader of the Packers Barroom Podcast. Once again, find that at the NFC North Barroom, the the URL of which is nfcnbarroom.com. Thanks to him for joining us. Thanks to you, the listener, for joining us as we continue on with the show. Packers News of the Day. We talked about most of the news with Robert Trader already. The biggest news over the weekend was the last injury report Those players that have been ruled out for Monday's game include linebacker Blake Martinez, offensive lineman TJ Lang and J.C. Treader, cornerback Dimitri Goodson, and linebacker Kyler Fackrell. That's one we haven't mentioned yet that's kind of flying under the radar. Fackrell has a hamstring injury that's going to keep him out for this one. Um, Now, those that are questionable include linebacker Jake Ryan, cornerback Demarius Randall, and offensive lineman Don Barclay. The Packers can certainly use all of them from a depth standpoint. Obviously, they can use Ryan and Randall on defense. One thing that disappointed me this week, however, was that even though Don Barclay is listed as questionable, Mike McCarthy seemed to indicate during a press conference that he has been working as the starter at right guard. 
obviously with the Packers as banged up as they are, I don't advocate cutting Barclay right now. But I don't know how they can justify Barclay in the starting lineup ahead of Jason Spriggs at this moment. Barclay has been so poor this season, and yeah, injury, shoulder injury has maybe played a part into that a little bit, but he should be a backup at this point. It's time to develop Jason Spriggs and get him some meaningful playing time, and he's only going to get better the more time he gets at the right guard position. I know he's kind of playing out of position here, being a natural left tackle. Um, and, and Don Barclay can come off the bench if he needs be. Uh, but, but you know, I, that really kind of has gotten under my skin here. Uh, I even took to social media and kind of railed against, you know, if, if Jason Spriggs isn't starting tonight, consider this Exhibit A in the case against Mike McCarthy uh, what I'm talking about tonight is a coach's dis- decision. Less an indictment of Don Barclay and more of an indictment on the coaching staff if they put him out there because that's on them. That is on the coaching staff if they're going to allow that to happen. Uh, I think the Packers would be making a big mistake if that's the case. Um, so, yeah. Uh, as for your game prediction, un- un- unfortunately, I'm personally calling for a fourth consecutive loss. If this game was at Lambeau Field, it, it might have gone differently. And I think the biggest reason is that I personally have lost a little bit of confidence in this defense. You know, Eagles quarterback Carson Wentz has struggled of late after a hot start to the season. But I think he'll be able to have success against the Packers secondary that's been so spotty this year. Uh, I I can see one Packers cornerback coming up with a good game. It, you know, it's happened all season long. One player will have a good game while four others will be bad, and I mean really bad. So so let's say Demir, uh, let's say Ladarius Gunter has a good game, uh, and and he's had several good games this season. Uh, but I I think that means Wentz will then you know pick on somebody else, be it uh, Demarius Randall or Quinn Rollins or Micah Hyde or somebody. And if there's no pass rush, his job will be all the re- the easier. So simple prediction for me: Packers lose 28-21. Uh, but as I've warned many times, uh, don't listen to me if you want the optimistic side of things. Listen to Robert instead. He had the Packers winning. Um, but unfortunately, I've been correct in the past two times. I've predicted the Packers to lose. Um, I, it's it's just tough for me right now. Um, but uh, for, from the from the negative to the positive here, um, what I want to do the rest of the show is is go a little bit out of order. If you if you listen to the show often, I usually end the show with a call to action, and, and I want to do that now instead. Because if you haven't heard already, we lost a member of the Cheesehead TV family recently. Uh, Adam Check uh, lost his battle with cancer last week. Uh, Adam was a guest on this show multiple times. He was just 34 years old and leaves behind a wife and two young kids. So what I encourage you to do is contribute to his GoFundMe campaigns we set up. Um, Jersey Al Bracco set up. What we've done so far has been nothing short of amazing. 
This is an educational fund set up for checks to young children, money that they'll use to go to college. More than $30,000 has been raised already, and there's been a $40,000 goal set for this campaign. So I want to try to meet that. Uh, I've posted, if you're watching the live show, I've posted a link at live stream, uh, and I will do so on the podcast show page at cheeseheadtv.com. Um, it's at gofundme.com. It's on the homepage at cheeseheadtv.com. There's so many places you can find this GoFundMe campaign. If you happen to be you know, listening to this podcast on iTunes or Stitcher or some other app, you don't have to go far or you know, search all over to find the link. But like I said, this isn't some small thing here that people have contributed you know, $100 to. We've raised $30,000 already in Adam's name uh, for an educational fund. And I want to contribute to do that, uh, continue to do that here this morning. And, and kind of what I've got on tap here for the rest of the show, uh, uh, a little bit of a tribute to Adam here. Um, I went back and found his last appearance on the show. It was back in the month of June, right before the season started. And I'm going to play an excerpt from that interview. It's actually interesting to uh, go back and, and kind of hear somebody's thoughts on, on the Packers before the season and, and kind of compare it to what's going on right now. We talk about a lot of rookies on the roster and how we thought they would do. We talk about the Packers, uh, uh, their training camp schedule and practicing night practices and in anticipation of the, the season to come, kind of appropriate with the Packers playing a night you know, game on national television tonight. So here in a little bit of a tribute to Adam Check, we're going to play that interview. It's a little bit sad at the end. I'm going to be honest uh, with you in which Adam talks about his battle with cancer and, and kind of knowing what happened. Uh, but but I'm, I, I think it's kind of appropriate, actually, because I, I think hearing that may spur people on to action and contribute to the GoFundMe account. So here we are, our last interview with Adam Check at Railbird Central. Um, Adam, uh, Kenny Clark became the last Packers rookie to sign his contract late last week. What are your expectations for the Packers' first-round draft choice? My expectations for rookie defensive linemen are always low. It seems like it, it takes a, a, a year or so for a, a rookie defensive lineman just to, to kind of figure out deal offensive linemen that are you know mammoth and can move and are 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 really strong but you know with Clark um I think he'll he'll contribute I don't think he'll contend for rookie of the year or anything but I think he'll develop into a a nice rotational player this this uh this uh first season and then from there who knows you know we'll 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 have to see how he how he does in a 2016 if you'll kind of Developed beyond uh, being a rotational piece that can maybe brush the passer a bit and uh, plug some holes in the uh, run game. But I would set my expectations from during his uh, rookie season kind of mid-level, just so hopefully he'll stay healthy and uh, contribute and then grow from there, kind of like uh, Mike, Mike Daniels did. While we're on the topic of rookies here, apart from Kenny Clark, which Packers rookie do you think will have the biggest impact in 2016? You know, I probably that's a good question. 
I'm going to go with kind of the popular choice going right now in Blake Martinez, mostly just because the inside linebacker situation is always so up in the air for the Panthers. I think he'll get plenty of opportunities to actually play and contribute, whereas some of the other rookies might have to wait for an injury to get their turn or to uh, get some playing time, whereas I think Martinez plenty of chances to prove himself and maybe even grab a starting position. So I would go with Martinez, not because I think he's going to be this super great player, but I think he's going to have the chances to actually prove himself. Yeah, it's an interesting question. I mean, if you take Kenny Clark out of the equation, well, I I guess your attention goes to the second round draft choice, but it looks as if Jason Spriggs isn't going to play, assuming you know, David Bakhtiari and, and Brian Bulaga are healthy. So who do you go with then? The one guy who might, you know, have a chance to play it. It's an interesting debate, I think, if nothing else. Yeah, you have to actually kind of hope that Spriggs doesn't play because if he does play, it means that Bakhtiari and or Bulaga have gotten hurt or have for uh, for some reason not played well. So hopefully Spriggs can uh, develop during practice and then maybe next year after either Bulaga or Bakhtiari possibly he parts the team, he'll be uh, ready to go. Yeah. We're talking to Adam Check here at Railbird Central on a Monday morning here at Cheesehead TV. Adam, uh, Mike McCarthy and coaches across the NFL addressed the possibility of going for two-point conversions more often. It was kind of a, a talking point across the NFL late last week. Where do you fall on this spectrum? Should, should teams go for two 100% of the time or – or how do you decide when and when not to go for two? I, the answer to that question is I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm kind of a conservative guy. So if if, uh, if I was coaching, I'd probably just kick the extra point every time just because that's my conservative nature. <laughs> I'd uh, take the uh, basically free point and uh, go for two only when I had to near the end of the game. Now, I know McCarthy said that, you know, he's all for going for two every time. Well, that was the case. Then why didn't he, then, uh, why didn't he try for two against the Cardinals in the uh, playoff game? That was kind of uh, the time to, to do something like that. But he didn't do it. So, you know, we'll see what McCarthy actually does when it comes to two-point conversions this year. I think he'll just kind of do what he usually does and maybe go for two more often, but not that much often. But we'll see. It's interesting. How much time was left on the clock in that Cardinals game when they scored the touchdown? I, I, I forget off the top of my head. Do you remember? It was only a couple of seconds, I think. But, I mean, there was such chaos going on. It was kind of like, <laughs> I don't know I don't know if, uh, if, if Arizona would have been ready for a, a, a two-point conversion attempt, whereas Rodgers seemed kind of calm and, and kind of like he was ready for anything and, and could have had a uh, – a play called and checked out the the, the, the defense on a two point conversion play, but it didn't happen and uh, the, the Packers lost. Oh, well, uh, I guess we'll just have to live with that anyway. But uh, exactly, as we look to the future here, Adam, the Packers released their training camp schedule this past week, and and despite having an extra preseason game this year, the Packers are actually practicing less than last year. Do you think this is the correct call, or is is Mike McCarthy going soft on the players? You know, especially in light of giving veterans mini camp off last week. What do you think? 
I don't know if I'd say he's going soft. That kind of sounds like a, a, a Skip Bayless kind of hot cake type of thing. But, <laughs> okay. but, but, um, but again, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a, a conservative old school guy. So I'm all about practicing more and tackling during practice and, 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 and doing that kind of thing. But again, McCarthy's been around the Packers now for 10 years. He should know what he's doing when it comes to setting the practice schedule. And he has a, much better uh, finger on, on the uh, pulse of, of his team than I do. But just speaking in general, I'm all for more practices, tackling during practice, that kind of thing. But that's really not the way of the NFL these days, and it's really not the, uh, the way of uh, Mike McCarthy either. So we'll see. Just in terms of another training camp question here, the Packers have scheduled more night practices this year than they have in years past, or at least the past few years at least. Do you think this is the correct approach? I think so. They seem to play several night games every season, and I think maybe just in terms of getting your 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 body clock to be ready for night games versus noon games, I think practicing more at night is definitely a good call because, you know, these guys, they're on a set schedule during the season, and then often that'll get thrown off by uh, night games. So, yeah, I think practice, practicing more at night is a uh, good thing call. Yeah, it seems as if exhibition games, uh, the preseason, those are almost exclusively played at night as compared to the regular season when you have a lot more afternoon games. So, yeah. Uh, just kind of getting the body clock ready is uh, a little bit different. Yeah, exactly. And in, in, in hearing some athletes talk these days, they're really more in tune with their nutrition and sleep schedule and body clocks and all that. So I think the more McCarthy can practice at night and maybe get the Packers on somewhat of a uh, – idea of, of, of what to expect during those uh, night game days that's a uh, good call on his part um, as we talk about more off-season topics here um, uh, the hinterland brewery broke ground last week as part of the packers title town district and i'm just curious what what are your impressions of the title town district and and what do you think its impact will be Anything that brings more beer to Wisconsin is a good thing in my book. But <laughs> uh, no, the 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 uh, Titletown district, looking at it from miles away here in the Twin Cities, it seems like a real cool thing. You know, any any way that you can leverage the popularity of the Packers to bring in new businesses, new restaurants, new activities, new things to do for uh, the town, that, that's a, a good thing. It'll bring more people to the area, hopefully, and maybe even create some jobs and some. Uh, economic opportunity and now i'm 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 talking like a uh, planner but uh just uh watching from from a uh, distance here it seems real cool and i'm gonna uh check it out for sure next uh time i'm in green bay yeah it's hard to believe that this thing could be ready already by the beginning of the 2017 season it, it feels like that's a such a short time frame for building such big buildings but uh exciting to think that that's in the Packers near future um and yeah it it it, uh, it uh, seems like like they were just talking about it yesterday as kind of an idea and now it's, it's uh, becoming reality so yeah yeah good for them yeah the breaking ground and the the building is underway so uh we'll we'll see the yeah. progress this season Adam before we let you go uh for those of you that don't know Adam is undergoing a battle with cancer uh Adam can, can you give everyone a little update where you're at well, it's yeah, it's a, a a definite battle. I was diagnosed with a for colon cancer back in early December, and I'm 
you know, 34 years old with a wife and two kids, and it was like a major punch in the face. It's been a battle so far. There's been uh, lots of downs. <laughs> the uh, last couple of uh, CT scans I had, though, showed that the uh, disease has stabilized. So that's a good thing. Uh, right now, it's um, I'll be doing my 11th round of chemotherapy on Thursday, and we're exploring second opinions on possible surgery options. So we'll see what uh, happens there. But uh, it's it's uh, been a bad. There's nothing fun about it. It really sucks, but I'm trying to keep my head up and uh, stay positive and, and keep fighting this thing. And I just want to say real quickly, thank you to all of uh, the uh, Packers fans out there in the uh, Packers t- Twitter world and uh, blogosphere for all the uh, support. It uh, sounds kind of corny, but really positive tweets of uh, encouragement and uh, comments on my uh, Cheesehead TV posts really helps kind of boost my mood and uh, keep my mind positive during this uh, whole thing well from an outsider's perspective you're kicking ass adam and i hope you continue to do so uh thank you so much for joining us today talking a little packers football that's adam check uh rest in peace my friend um uh true packers blogging legend who uh wrote many an article here at cheeseheadtv.com and was uh, a guest here on the show multiple times. Uh, That was his most recent appearance back in June. And so uh, on that note, uh, I leave you today. Once again, please contribute to Adam Check's Memorial Fund if you haven't already. We've we've raised over $30,000 with a goal of $40,000. It's an educational fund set up for his children. And uh, a small portion is going to uh, be set aside to take his children to a Packers game when they are old enough. Uh, they're young right now. Um, and as kind of a, a memorial to their father. So uh, very cool moment uh, talking to Adam that last time here. Um, and, and go out and contribute. And, and we'll get this thing uh, to, to meet our goal. So... With that, uh, enjoy the game on Monday Night Football, folks. We'll be back again on Wednesday with our usual guest, Nathan Yonke of ProFootballFocus.com, where we'll wrap up the game against the Eagles and start looking forward to the next one against the Texans. So we'll see you, folks. Have a good Monday. We'll see you in just a few days. On behalf of everybody at Cheesehead TV, I'm Brian Caribou. I leave you today with a song called Nemo by Umphreys McGee on Psy Fidelity Records. Go, pack, go.